Tell him, Megs. Are you sick and tired of running out of toilet paper? No, 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 no the, the other, other one, one, the other oh. one. Are you looking to satisfy your weekly geeky needs? From comic books, to movies, to video games, and anime. The show that takes you from a galaxy far, far away to infinity and beyond. Then we got you covered. We are your audio precinct for whatever pop culture case. I'm Migs. I'm Dre. And I'm Ian. This is Geek PD. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. But who's going to buy my toilet paper? Migs, nobody wants the toilet paper. We got, we got bidets. You're a bidet. On March 12, 2020, Assistant Commissioner Nick F. Grave revealed to the media that they have identified the remains found inside a builder's bag at a woodland in Kent to be that of Sarah Everard. He also confirmed that Wayne Cousins had been charged with her kidnap and murder, while his wife had also been arrested for suspicion of assisting him. The reaction that followed was swift, loaded with deep grief and unequivocal anger sparking a movement that resonated with many women across the globe. It began with women sharing their experiences and stories of what author and Guardian columnist Nazreen Malik called a constant state of bargaining. That, in order to guarantee our safety from violence, we have to buy into making certain choices and if we fail to do so, our fate is our own fault. Online, personal stories of what women wore, where they walked, how they walked, whom they checked in with before they left and after they got home, when they go out alone with men, women, how they used keys, pepper sprays, bags, etc. for protection and yet still get harassed and attacked, illustrate what Sarah Everard's story has tragically shown us. Much like Fabel Pineda's attempts to secure her safety before she was gunned down, it would seem no matter what steps we take, they are all ultimately meaningless. Needless to say, the fact that both women died by the hands of police officers, the very people tasked with our protection, makes our shared predicament all the more perilous. Women's freedoms are seen as dispensable, as disposable, very much like tragically, women ourselves, says Kate Mann, a Cornell University author on two books on the way sexism shapes society. She goes on to add that there's an immediate assumption that men's lives are not significantly affected by violence, so they cannot be asked to make sacrifices to change it. It's a sentiment echoed by women worldwide. Suddenly, the discussion shifted focus from keeping women safe to stopping men from attacking. However, according to Sarah Bowes, an associate professor in criminal law at Durham University, a more dramatic culture shift is needed. The widespread prevalence of violence and harassment needs to be acknowledged and challenged without putting the responsibility solely on us. We don't need more safety advice. What we need is for men to change their behavior and for society to hold them accountable. Much like women are held responsible for the violence they experience resulting from their safety decisions, victims are shamed and blamed for their assaults based on their behavior or choice of clothing. In July 2018, a Facebook post from the Angono Municipal Police went viral after it posted a 10-point guideline on what women should do or how women should behave to avoid getting raped. The guidelines included not wearing short or skimpy clothing and not drinking alcohol when going out on a date. 
Many expressed disgust at the archaic content of the post with comments pointing out that because the police officers who created the guidelines are male, it's not surprising that it perpetuates a culture of victim blaming. Further comments assailed the Angono police for being part of the problem and urged that they educate boys into not feeling entitled to commit rape instead. After the public fallout resulting from the post, one would think that the police have learned the lesson. However, as recently as June of 2020, a police station in Lukban, Quezon posted a public advisory on their Facebook account that shows how much more the country has to go when it comes to addressing harassment and violence against women. It began on a well-meaning note. Love women, the content said. Don't abuse their kindness. The post meant to call an end to violence against women ended with a statement. Girls, don't wear short clothes then complain to us when you're harassed. Think on that. Fabel and Sarah may have come from different parts of the world, grown up in different social circumstances, but the culture that led to their deaths makes them one and the same. To date, the Commission of Human Rights in the Philippines has criticized the slow and elusive pursuit of justice in the case of Fabel. CHR spokesperson Jacqueline Ann Guia gave this update on a Manila Bulletin article dated January 18, 2021. Contrary to misleading news, claiming that the implicated officers facing administrative charges were already relieved from their duties. Only Police Staff Sergeant Randy Ramos was dismissed from service, while Police Staff Sergeant Marawi Torda was exonerated due to lack of sufficient evidence. While both suspects are currently in restrictive custody under the PNP Regional Office pending their murder and attempted murder trial, the CHR calls on PNP and DOJ for the speedy resolution of the case. There's been no further update at the end of this episode's production. So what now? It's clear that a change on a societal level must be addressed when it comes to violence against women, and right now, society is bleak. While the current government continues to support and encourage the police to enforce with willful violence and act with impunity, while a patriarchal system continues to exert their entitlement over women's bodies and perpetuate a culture of victim blaming, while there are people men and women, who continue to think that it's justifiable for women to be attacked based on their behavior and or what they're wearing, then the deaths of Sarah and Fabel will not be the last. Just like COVID, violence against women is a disease that will continue to mutate and lead to more deaths, one that will sadly endure long after this pandemic ends. You have just listened to the continuing episode of a two-part series called Girl Interrupted on the last 24 hours. Don't miss out on new episodes. Like and subscribe to the last 24 hours or follow the podcast on Facebook at Historia Nijet where you can get in touch, tell me your thoughts, suggest cases, or just say hello. I'll do my best to get back to you. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>